All right, it's time for the weekly in-depth MMA podcast, man. We finally on Spotify, a bunch of different podcast hosting websites. Um, I'm sure you can name them off. I think Apple is another one. Yeah. Yeah, et cetera, et cetera. We've taken strides to improve the uh, quality. We got 1080p on the podcast now. Uh, amongst the, you got to listen to the only audio-only versions of it on those um, websites. Man, it's my favorite video of the week. It's my favorite video to do. I think it's the best thing we do on the channel, the podcast. So let's jump right into it. We got some questions from Yusuf. Yusuf, man, you said if it was too many questions, nah, we request these questions. It will never be too many questions. Just throw them out there and we'll get to them. So thank you for watching. Thank you for dropping the questions. Let's jump into it right now. Um, Yusuf's first question was, is there anything in the Izzy versus Yan fight that can change your mind about Izzy beating John? And I'll start with you, Joey. Give me your thoughts. Short answer, no. Yan is Yan Blahovich is a great fighter, but he's nowhere near as proven and or consistent as John Jones. The skills sets, you know, are nowhere no. near similar. So for me, regardless, I, I I just feel like Jones beats Adesanya everywhere, and I could be wrong. You know, I'm not so confident in that. I'm not a hundred percent confident in that. I'm relatively confident, but you know, it's not like I. I I couldn't there, – there's a chance, okay, I'll say that much. And I know that's kind of a non-statement, but there's nothing that Yan does better than John Jones other than maybe power in his hands. So as far as if Izzy comes out there and just outstrikes – I think if Izzy beats Yan, I think he's just going to come out there and counter-strike and potentially TKO him. Uh, I just don't see him doing that to Jones because Jones, uh, you know, unique versatility in his striking. And then if that doesn't go his way, Jones always has the grappling – uh, in his back pocket, I believe he can take Adesanya down. Just the sheer size advantage. Uh, so basically, no. Uh, I, I don't think Izzy could beat anyone, and it would make me super confident that he could beat Jones. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe if he let's say he beat Glover. I know this is going to sound crazy because Glover's nowhere near, nowhere near Jones. But if he could beat Glover, that would show me that he can. He's. Re- I mean, I know he's already shown that he's really good. That's stuff in the takedowns. And I know Sully's going to try to pick me apart, but I'm just trying to give a more detailed answer. But if he shows he could stop the takedowns of a bigger man like Glover Teixeira who spams the takedowns, that would at least show me that maybe, just maybe, a little bit higher percentage for me, that he would have a chance at stopping Jones's takedowns. And then maybe he could outstrike him. But I don't see him. I think Jones is better everywhere in the striking, in the clinch, in the grappling, in the jiu-jitsu. I just don't see a way. If Jones loses, it's just going to have to be on a knockout punch, catch him, hurt him badly, drop him, and finish him off on the ground. I just don't see any other way to beat Jones. He's just so well-rounded. Even in his close fights against absolute killers like Thiago Santos, uh, it's just he's shown time and time again over his career he is just consistently a great fighter. And Adesanya for me, maybe one day he'll reach that level. But as of right now, I feel like John's is good, better everywhere, even if it's just slightest bit. He's better everywhere, and he has a size advantage. So, I just feel like there's no way Adesanya could beat Jones. But maybe one day we'll see it. What do you think, Sully? Oh man, you know this is a, this is a great question. Um, before I get into that, let me just like me and you had a conversation on the podcast before. Um, I'm not gonna get into the takedown talk with Adesanya because it's just it's neither at this point it's neither here nor there. But what I will say is that I think it was last week or the week before that. 
I came on here and I said, because um, Yusuf actually, he made he put my mind in, in this kind of on down this road. We have to stop looking at fights with the with the way we think it will play out, or like the things that we think the fighters will do and impose on Will, and then actually look at what fighters actually do. John Jones, if he ever fights Israel Adesanya, will not be spamming takedowns. So for me, the Glover Teixeira, uh, the the comparison, it wouldn't do anything for me because Jones is not going to come out there and spam takedowns. Even against guys that they're striking, he usually fights wherever he thinks their best area is. He fights within that realm. So for me, the comparison right there is not too accurate. But concerning Yusuf's question, I agree with you 100%. There's nothing that can happen with the Yan fight that would change my mind. But... With every fight, it's a chance to gather more information. We would see how is um, Alessani deals with power, how he deals with a, a bigger guy. Alessani said he wasn't even going to try to gain any weight for the fight. We would see how he's able to deal with that. A dyna- also, another dynamic striker, um, heavy power puncher, you know, and just another another champion. Doesn't matter if uh, Yan hasn't defended the belt yet, you know, as a belt. It's another champion. It's another um, high level guy. So we'll have more data and more information to see how things are going but there's nothing that you know beating yan would make me change my mind especially for all the reasons that you listed you know when you go back and you look if alisanya imposes his will on him let's say it's the it's the most brutal beating we've seen and he poses still will have not gained any information there for him to take out john jones john jones is an enigma man at this point you know, um, only guys we've seen successful against him is guys that are long and lanky, similar to him, and cocaine, you know, and the pictograms that was in there. So it's just, he's an enigma, you know. So we have to just see. Um, but I don't think so. I think that was a fantastic question, though. And I, I think you spent some really great amount of time answering. I think that was a great job. Yeah, I definitely think it was a great question. And if yeah. anybody else has questions for next week, leave it in the comments section below. Yusuf, we always appreciate you. Always. I think he had, a, he had a bunch of questions, he right? Did. What was the next and one? We're going we're gonna to knock them out. Um, we're going to knock them out one by one. Also, going forward, I would like to do these sorts of uh, things in the beginning of the videos, man. You know, you guys you guys took time to ask these questions. I want you guys to get it right as they come, and then we'll move on to some other stuff. Um, let's let the Israel Alessandro hate rain down from you because this is a question I know that hate is going to come. Is Israel Alessandro the best striker in UFC history? <laughs> Why don't you give me your answer first? I'm <laughs> no, curious what your answer is. No, no, Come on. I took right. the last one first. You take right. this one first. Go ahead. Man, um, okay, so it's weird because now now it's hard. It's difficult to answer because we're asking on paper. You know, um, you have guys that are very decorated on paper. Wonder Boy is one that's extremely decorated that's on paper. Um, but then there's also when you ask the MMA context, because for me, when you put it in the MMA context, um, Prime, Anderson Silva, you know, I never seen anybody move just the head. It's not only the head movement, but, the, but the, from the waist up, the whole movement, you know. And he actually asked a, a very good question about footwork. And Anderson was a combination of not only footwork, but the way his body was able to move just just from the waist up was... He, the way Anderson moved just from the waist up reminded me of the old fight night games. You remember yeah, the TV leaning yeah, around? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And it was and it was it was extremely sharp. Um 
I'm beating around the bush, man. I'm going to go in here and I'm going to say, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say now, I'm going to say yes because when we put it in the MMA context, and we're not, not just strictly, um, you know, in terms of kickboxing or stuff, there's a ton of people that's more decorated than Alessandra in that kind of realm. But I cannot, but in the MMA context for what we've seen so far, his use of angles, the fact that he he's so dynamic and he's using um, a, a multitude of techniques, you know, um, the fact that when you're you're constantly at it uh, at a threat, just even striking with him and and his knowledge to be able to predict things how they happen beforehand and his game planning, um, I would say at this point, especially what we know is not like he's a big power punch or anything. He his game is to just pick you apart. For me. I think he is, but as with anything, I have to be very careful because I'm one of the people that I, can't, I come out and say all the time, we need a larger sample size, you know? You know what, so I'm going to retract this. No, he isn't, because we need a larger sample size, you know? And that, that's what makes me that's what makes me uncomfortable with these sorts of conversations is because we need that. I can't even say he's better than Anderson Silva at this point because of the large sample size that we saw Anderson. We saw Anderson already go up in, in a weight class and fight and, and perform and put on a, a you know, so I, for me, it's still going to be Anderson, but Alessandra is trending, uh, trending in that direction. Well, now that you changed your answer, I, yeah. I thought you were going to like my answer. My answer was maybe. I feel like there's not enough information out there yet yep. to really know. Uh, he, has he looked great? Yeah, he looked great against Derek Brunson. He looked great against um, Paulo Costa. Paulo Costa. He Robert looked great Whitaker. against Robert Whitaker. He looked pretty good against Kelvin Gastelum, but you know, obviously, Kelvin Gastelum somehow had his number in that fight as far as landing that right hand. I believe it was over and over and over again. So my answer is maybe. I, I just feel like we haven't seen enough. Um, I think for me, Anderson right now ranks above him as far as all time. Yeah. You know, Adesanya, even even fight fighting Anderson Silva past his prime, and I know he said, you know, well, uh, you know, Anderson Silva was his idol, and he kind of hesitated trying to, you know, fight him and whatnot, and they kind of played mind games with him almost. But for me, I don't even think you can use that excuse, really. Um, so even against, you know, a past prime Anderson Silva, Anderson Silva was still able to hang in there and strike with him, land his own shots. He wasn't completely blown out of the water. Um, and Kelvin Gastelum, I think, see, for me, it's hard. I know a lot of people would shit on Adesanya for his performance against Gastelum, even though it was a great performance, to get, you know, landed on so many times by Kelvin Gastelum, a, a guy who's short, stubby, mm -hmm. coming up from welterweight. But for me, that doesn't really damage him too much because I'm a big believer in Kelvin Gastelum. You always have. Yep. Yeah. And... So I just think Gaslam is kind of underrated. You know, I know he's kind of had his fall off a little bit. You know, um, he didn't look too great against Ian Heinish at 258. But I, I think Adesanya can eclipse Anderson Silva. Let's say he beats Ian, and then let's say he bounces around. It, and it also depends on the performances. I know that sounds crazy, but if he goes out there and just absolutely demolishes highlight reel KO's Ian Blahovich, uh, you know, that adds to the striking legacy. And then, you know, a couple more fights... You know, maybe we got to see. That's so. That's why my answer is maybe, because I wouldn't totally exclude him at this point, but I couldn't definitively say that he is at this point either. So, I think that's fair. That's fair. Uh, this is a nice assessment from you. Uh, this time you're not trying to be a full on hater. I like that. 
I like that. I don't think you ever are, but you know, I got to pull your leg. Um, All right, so rank three to one best footwork in UFC. Ooh, that's a tough one. It is. So first off, I'll say number one, yep. prime, prime Dominic Cruz. Number two, number two, I'll say EPO TJ Dillashaw. Agreed. Number three, I'll say, and this is just off the top of my head. I haven't put any serious, extreme, deep thought, but I'm pretty confident in my, you know, projections. I'll throw out Frank Yeager. I think Frank Yeager has great footwork. Um, there's a lot of different intricacies that I'm not totally familiar throughout, with. As throughout, far as the, throughout the course of a fight? Because he as we've seen with Frankie, he gets flat footed towards the end of um fights, man. That's how that's why the well, lot of punishment he's taking. Well well the reason I thought of Frank Yeager is because I was debating about saying Corey Sanhagen. Mm-hmm. Because but Corey Sanhagen, I feel like we still don't have that sample size on him either. That's true. Um I just feel like prime Frankie Edgar just was always moving hard to hit. Um you could also throw out here actually no, I'll change the Frankie Edgar pick. Holly Holm. Yeah. I'll throw Holly Holm in there because she is impo- she is fr- she frustrates me watching somebody fight her. Mm-hmm. It's impossible to get to her. She's constantly moving. She's constantly getting out of the way. She's just impossible to hit. So I'll say Dominic Cruz, Prime, EPO Dillashaw, and Holly Holm number three, and yeah. honorable mentions Frank Yeager and Corey Sanhagen. Definitely Dominic Cruz at number one. Definitely, no doubt about it for me. And um, and he was doing it at a time that yes, it was unheard of. Exactly. Yes, and and his style of movement. Was totally um, unheard of uh, and not seen before. And he's, even now, it's not that we see that on a regular basis. It wasn't even about just switching stances. It's just the, his use of angles, also um, being able to mix and take down. Man, I miss that Dominic Cruz so much. Like he, I don't even want to talk because that's just gonna get me to go off on a tangent. Um, it's funny we have a name. Also, you guys as the subscribers, you're gonna learn. Uh, Joey and I like to nickname people, man, and. It's one of the things we do. And EPO Dillashaw, man. Jeez. EPO Dillashaw was... You're going to tell me I'm wild for this? I honestly believe EPO Dillashaw is one of the best fighters of all time. Like, if you were, if you were to allow him to cheat, I, I would have him someplace in my top ten. I'm not saying top five, but he he would be there. He'd be there. The brutality of the beatings, the sheer numbers of strikes that he landed, the sheer fact that... um. That he did not take a lot of punishment on said strikes. The 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 people that he beat at the time, like the beating that he put on Hendon Burrell, not only the fact that it changed Hendon Burrell, but do you remember who Hendon Burrell was before? before? Yes. Yeah, dude, that and, second beating of Hendon Burrell was just absolutely devastating. And, yeah. and that changed him over the course of his career. We've seen where he went mm-hmm. from there. Uh, and you know TJ Dillashaw, I just love the mix of footwork and switching stances. Yep. It just, it just looks beautiful. I'll never forget to this day. You know, one of the fights that I was most excited for the entire time that I've been an MMA fan was Dominic Cruz versus TJ Dillashaw, mm-hmm. and that fight was great. Yep. You know, great footwork by both guys. Um, Dominic Cruz actually fights at UFC 259, uh, which I'm excited to see how he returns. I know he's getting older now, a lot of dealing with a lot of injuries, but. Mm-hmm. You can't ever forget Dominic Cruz used to be impossible to hit, and and the fight itself. I remember because me and you was we was friends at at um one of the things that I told you about the fight itself is that it'd be one of the few fights in MMA that'd be aesthetically pleasing 
to like anyone. You would go in there, you would watch because not only was the way they moved, but the pace and the amount of activity that was gonna go on. It was it was it was great when I saw that. And also I'm gonna say this one um for my third guy, Max Holloway, man. Max is like, you know, he's a legit guy, especially not power puncher and stuff. He's very shifty, he has great use of angles. Um so I'd go with Max Holloway. For me, I Alessandro I'd throw up in there too. Tell me if I'm crazy here. Um and again, the sample size isn't mm-hmm. extremely large, but I feel like Cody Garbrandt, when he's fighting at his best, True. has really great footwork. But that's the reason why I didn't want to mention him, is because his sample size is smaller than um everyone else that I just yeah. mentioned it. The best footwork we ever saw Cody Garbrandt have was against Dominic Cruz. And then it yeah. disappeared. And it not totally disappeared, but the but the but the way we saw it within that fight, that disappeared. I'm gonna say this because I've never said it in any one of our videos, and this is a little bit off topic. But I truly believe, and I told you this before, so I truly believe Cody Garbrandt is the better fighter than TJ Dillashaw. Mm-hmm. It's just he was like I very rarely am a meathead. Guys, excuses, yeah, yeah, yeah. He just felt he tasted the blood. He's a meathead, yeah. And he just went for the kill in both of those fights. If he just sticks to the game plan and lets the finish come to him, I think he yeah. finishes Dillashaw both times. Um, same with Pedro Munoz. Um, so I just want to say that. Yeah. Anybody that disagrees with me, make sure you comment down below and let me know that I'm crazy. But I just wanted to say that when it was on the top of my head because I haven't thought of that in forever. Yeah, because I look, I agree with you. Um, I'm going to just say this also. Personally, I... In terms of like Cody Garbrandt and and was like I, I'm a big believer in Cody Garbrandt, right? But I know a lot of guys from the outside looking in that behave like him in my personal life, and he strikes me at for once again from the outside looking in, he strikes me as one of those guys that are, you know, overly emotional. You know, like once once they get they get hot in the terms of like angry and stuff, you know, then they they lose all sense, just become a total meathead, and then. You know, they mess up from there. And um, I think that that's cost Garbrandt a lot. But he's he's in a situation where, you know, he has to he has to be able to keep it going, get everything going on, get the wins going. He got a couple wins, but he's he's great, man. But, you know, it's, it's funny because when I, I want to see if you're going to make this distinction. When we think about great footwork, we talk about um, Dominic Cruz and, and Cody Garbrandt, T.J. Dillashaw, where it's, it's overtly, like, open, where you can see the motion and stuff, man. But Anderson Silva, Israel Alessandra, Max Holloway, um, Corey Sanhagen, even though those guys, it's not the motion and the movement is not, it's not what you would see versus, like, a, a, a Cruz and a, a Garbrandt. It's there, man. It's just on a uh, it's on a lesser scale, and their use of angles is kind of different, man. Because if you ever notice, um, Israel Alessandra, his back is almost never against the cage, and if it is, he's in and out side to side very, very quick. So you'll see him go side to side to side to side. You don't ever see him get trapped. You understand? Versus someone who this is an easy one for everyone to recognize. Alistair Overeem, who's a great striker in his right, but he gets trapped all the time. That's how you get the turtling up um, motion that goes on with him. So I think as we all try to become more educated fans and stuff, the way we look at footwork as time goes on has evolved, you know, versus when we first came into the sport because um, 
when I first got here, and I know definitely when you first got here, uh, footwork was not spoken about the way it is now. And it was not Without thought of the way it is now. Yeah. And even back then, when you look at the guys that they claim as great strikers, you know, and you compare them to now, you're like, oh, it's night and day difference, man. So I, you could tell that the sport is grow, growing and, um, and everything. Yeah, without a doubt, it's changed so much in the past. Just since we've known each other the last seven, eight years, it's changed significantly. Um, what was the next question that he had? Okay. Who are um, who are prospects you guys think can be champions one day, not named Chamaya? Ooh, man. Off the top of my head, that is a very tough question. I will say... Okay, first one. I'm just looking through the fighters right now in the in the on the UFC's website. Oh man, I'll say Yuri Prochaska, possibly, especially okay. with John Jones out of the way. I'm really excited to see his return. Uh, I will also say Alexander Rockage, which also in the light heavyweight division. Um, and then I'm gonna try to throw out. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. This is a guy that we've talked about recently. We did a pre-fight. If you guys haven't seen the pre-fight for UFC Vegas 20, uh, we did our picks for that fight. This is another guy that I've been a big believer in since I first seen come into the UFC, Cyril Gain. Yep. Uh, you know, we still need to see. You know, he hasn't proven. He's only has, seven, what, seven fights in the UFC at this point. So we really need to see. But with the shallowness of the heavyweight division, which I will repeat yep. over and over and over again, I think with his style – he has a very good chance at being able to beat a lot of these guys in the top five in the heavyweight division. So I think he's another guy. So to sum up my answer, Yuri Prochaska, which is one of my favorite guys to watch, even though he only has one UFC fight, um, Alexander Rockage, and Cyril Gain. Yep. Um, uh, Yuri Prochaska, I've got to see more, like what I see so far. Um, Alexander Rockage, definitely because of the division. I've always liked him, very powerful striker, tall, um, you and know, he showed he has good grappling, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Cyril Gain, I need him to get through Strike, And then I'll say, yeah, because once again, you know, we spoke about during the pre-fight, which the link will be in the description. Um, look, he's young for a heavy. He's 30 years old. Man, he's a baby for a heavyweight. If he's able to put all that together and he's kind of well-rounded on the smaller size, too, which seems to be a little bit quicker than a lot of these other heavyweights, it's, it seems to be as those guys continuously age because, you know, we're reaching a, t- a point in time where um, let's talk about the heavyweight division real quick. We're reaching a point in time where if you go and you pull up their ages, the division is aging itself out. Like there has to be a new crop eventually. Stipe cannot. And this is just life. It's not even a matter mm-hmm. of debate. Stipe cannot be Stipe forever. <laughs> like he, he just can't. Not only the accumulation of damage. The age, uh, whenever he decides to retire, injuries, he just cannot be Stipe forever. Um, with Francis Ngannou, I'm not sure exactly. I think he's like 34, correct? I think something like that. I don't really remember. Yeah, so um, with Francis Ngannou, Early 30s, he, he can be around for a while. But once again, inju- injuries, you never know. Something can happen to him. Um, JDS is already cooked. Rosenstrike may lose to um, Cyril Gain here. Derek Lewis is another one, advanced age. Hell, who knows how long he's gonna go on? He has extensive injury history. Talking about his um his uh his his back all the time. You know, um 
Throw me out some more names for the heavyweights. Um, oh. You have... Uh, hold on. Alexander yeah. Volkov, Alistair Overeem. Alexander... I, I, Alistair Overeem, Dunzo. He's, his title is, is done. Um, it's been done. Yeah, yeah. Volkov. That, it's not happening. He hasn't... He has Volkov... Volkov, he, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not. not I'm not trying to have him up. I think he could have the potential. I don't. I don't believe. All right. So we'll disagree to disagree that I don't believe in him as a title. Um, Augustus, a guy. Yeah. Even even in even within a um, even within that shallow division, I don't think he'll ever hold a belt. Uh, Sakai, nah. You know, I've I've seen enough of him to be like, yeah, I'm confident that he'll never hold a belt either. So the, and and for those reasons, it seems like, and it's not just it's not to hype him. You know, because Cyril Gain, he that's not even a name that like a lot of people, and it's either Cyril Gain or Cyril Gan. Forgive us for mispronouncing it, whatever, whatever the name is. Um, that's not even a name that you could say, but people could say we're whoring out to get clicks because that doesn't do anything for us. I've been high on him since he yeah, first came you've in. You've been so. high on him for the time that he first came in, and I'm high on him. For it's a skill reason, but also because of what I just elaborated on, the shallowness of that division combined with the age of the men that we just spoke about, they're all aging out. And there's no real new breed of heavyweight besides him that's, you know, coming to play. In fact, if you think about it, the newer breed of heavyweight is the two guys matched up with each other. Rosenstrike, which is pre- pretty recent that he came in, well, he's been uh, for a couple years now. And um, I, think got, I think he's only got like seven fights in the UFC. Yeah, yeah and time. then yeah, and then you have um, you have what's his name? You have a surreal um surreal gone. So they're more of the, like the two younger heavyweights in terms of um, of like their tenure in the UFC and stuff like that. So it's it's for me, it's like he's he, there's a chance that he could definitely do that in that shallow division. And I also want to know what is the UFC gonna do if in the same calendar year. Three or four of those top ten heavyweights retire. I don't know, man, because that division looks nasty once you get past the top five. <laughs> yeah, yep. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's bad. It's gonna be real bad. Even if it's just the top ten, like the like the last from ten down, those guys from six to ten, they retire, it's gonna be real bad. Even Ooh. even way worse. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be real bad. The state of that division is just disgusting. I maybe the UFC is yeah. paying people to yeah. To just to just hang on, like yo, just keep fighting. They they gotta be scared for when Alistair finally hangs it up, like. Which he probably should have hung it up forever ago. Um, another prospect, quickly, I just want to mention, um, Sadiq Yusuf. Featherweight division oh, yes. is, is is really stacked, um, so it might be harder for him to get there. But I really believe he's shown a promising skill set. He's young. I don't know how old he is, but he's very young, and I can't wait to see what he can do in the featherweight division. Yeah, that's the uh, yeah. I, I I like Sadiq. It is true. Yep. Man, you know I'm just looking at this and let me see some. Let me just. What's so crazy? <laughs> I used to be so high. I used to be so high on um, Claudia Gadelia, and and you go we look and you look at this right now. You see the women's um, the women's strawweight and where women's top pound for pound is, and it's like, uh, did you? Really quick, because I didn't even want to take too much time on this. Did you think that um, didn't you think Claudia Gadelia would be more dominant than than what she was, or were you never? Yeah, high? yeah, I, I did. thought she would be more and more dominant than um. I wasn't super crazy high on her, but I thought she would have performed. I wasn't super crazy because you know it's it's the state of the division, but I thought the 
with her capabilities and you know she'd be able to impose her will way more than um what she's been man i'm looking at this heavyweight division and it's just breaking my heart like the guy the guy who fought on uh saturday chris Dawkins, i think yep mm -hmm. um doesn't appear to be super high level or anything now he's cracked into the top, top 10. 10 i mean he had an impressive yep. performance on saturday with the knockout but I don't know, man. I yeah. don't know if it's just because it's harder to find the skill level at such a high weight class. I don't know what it is. It what it is is that the men of those size, they're playing football, they're playing hockey, they're playing rugby, they're playing different sports. You know, they're they're participating in different sports where they're getting they're getting compensated very well. There, there's a for guys that large in athletics. Like, you know, all the leagues is clamoring for um to get guys like that, you know, so it's hard. If you even go in boxing now and you look at boxing's heavyweight divisions, you know, they're shallow too because there's so many different sports that's um, you know, claiming men of that size. Yeah. Um how many was there another question or was there was there any more questions from Yusuf? Yes, he said DC also believes Grasso is the best women's MMA boxer. Who do you guys think it is for me? Easily Holly Holm. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Uh, I just feel like we haven't seen it a lot from Grasso. Um, and Holly Holm's just shown time and time again she's a great uh, kickboxer and she's just impossible to hit. I've already mentioned that before as far as footwork. Um, and I just really think that, you know, right now it's hard to pick someone that's better than her. Yep. Um, I mean, I know Amanda Nunes. I, I don't see it's hard for me to because are we talking pure boxing or MMA boxing? Because I don't, you know, MMA boxing. I guess Amanda Nunes has Holly Holm beat. I mean, she outstruck her and brutalized her. But I know that you know it was used to kick, so it's kind of a gray area a little bit there. But as far as I guess pure boxing skills, I guess it'd be Holly Holm. She fights more like a pure boxer, but I'm not. If you if you if you watch boxing. The way MMA boxing is 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 not is not even remotely the same. Like yeah. like the guys that you would say have a fantastic job, jab in MMA and boxing, you know, it's for for a lot of guys they look at it and say it's mediocre. It's, remember, is because with MMA you have to train a whole bunch of disciplines. Yes, and then you have guys that's throwing a jab ten thousand times a day. You know, it's just <laughs> that's really what they do. They're not trained. so. It's it looks very different. That's why I always put the um, I always try to put it in context in terms of like you know we gotta be careful. Also, it's funny that I um, you know I like seeing like DC's thoughts on stuff. I like hearing because he's sometimes he's not for the most part he's not biased you know and he'll just go off the top of his head um and he's very educated man you know DC for what he for what people don't give him credit for for his body type. For his um, for for the lack of reach that he had, you know, he was a very competent fighter, way more than competent fighter. He was a very skilled fighter, and he did a lot of stuff. He's a pretty smart dude, and um, you know, I, oh, as you guys know, I got a lot of love and respect for DC, just as a thinker and also as just as a fighter, just a fun, fun guy. I'm glad we get to see him do his thing more and more. Yeah, um, I uh. I really haven't seen much of what he said recently. I know yep. he does that show with Ariel sometimes. Yeah, yeah I'm not watching you know, anything um, Yeah, and I'm not watching that. So. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I see occasionally like someone picks up something that he says and you know goes with it. I know. Re I know recently, 
Um, well, I guess that was the last question you said before I kind of change the topic here. Um, what was the last question? I said uh, the best was women's, it? who's, uh, if Grasso was the, um... Yeah, okay, but that was the last question. Yeah, right? that was the last question. Okay. What did you think? I haven't asked your opinion on this. I did see this clip online. Um, DC said the reason he went to light heavyweight, on top of Kane being his friend, he said, I know how that fight would have went. I would have lost to Kane. Mm. What do you think of those comments? That's kind of, kind of weird to hear, isn't it? Nah, I think it's, um, just two good friends. You know, maybe that's what he believes, and you know, there's no, there's no to me, to me the mark of a man who could, is is one that could show like you know, yeah, my my friend was better than me in a certain aspect, or you know, maybe he's lying and he's just saying that, but who who knows? I think honestly, maybe that was his thought process. Maybe like who who knows? I'm not in his head. Uh, if you want me to ask, who do I think would have won? In that type of matchup, then that'd be easier for me to answer because I'm not in his head. I can't really. But I'm saying, isn't that really strange for a fighter to come out and say that? No, I would have lost to this guy. No, because they're friends. No, they're friends. That would be that would be be like me saying it would be strange to say that you know you're better than me at certain things and I'm better than you at certain things. That we're we're friends. There's there's no reason you you can't. It's 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 a shame that at this point that you know we we're at a society where. Like, you can't compliment your friend at, at something. I know. I just thought it was super weird. I'd never heard anybody say something like that before. Oh, I didn't. But I knew I would have lost to this guy. They're friends. <laughs> if, now, if you would ask me if it was a random, if it was a stranger, then I'd say, yeah, maybe that's kind of weird. But they're, they're good friends. So what if he would have came out and he said, yeah, I knew I was going to lose to John Jones? Would you yeah, feel totally, totally different. They're enemies. But as I've said like a million times, those two guys are friends. You know, DC when he when he won the he's he thanked Kane and he said I'm here because of Kane Velasquez. It was Kane that brought me here. Isn't it and, weird? And Kane ch- Kane's been gone for so yeah. long. And and it was the training between him and, and Luke Rocco. Like these are my guys, you know? Like that's such a close knit group. And I think people don't take that into like that's that's re- really content. That's a close knit group. Habib, Rocco and Velasquez, they're all really close. Like so, right, so erase from your mind what you just heard. In their prime, who do you think you would have picked? But erase DC's comments from your head. Mm-hmm. Would you pick DC or Kane? Um, in their prime. Tough question, so, huh? Yeah, real tough question. And I can't erase that from my mind, so I'm going to just default to what DC said. <laughs> Kane oh, beat man, him. come on. Nah, I, I'm, I'm being serious. <laughs> Look, we we hold a standard to not lie on this channel. Like, yeah, so I can't, I can't, no, because honestly, I never, all right, so look, all right, I'm going to give you my logic to this, and then you can try to probably break it down however you want. For Kane Velasquez and, and DC are similar guys. They're very, very similar. They fight, they fight in a similar manner. The only difference is, and we spoke about this all the time, it's Kane is bigger. So for me, just on that standpoint, like who who do you consider it to be the better striker between DC and Kane? I think DC would be the he has the faster hands. I think he would be a little bit of a better striker, but it's not by much. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Who do you think is the better wrestler? Probably DC, but it's hard, man. That's it's, super close. And, and, super close. Me, and Kane is bigger also. So And DC, we very rarely see submissions out of DC. 
you know, it's not like he has an ex extensive list of, um, you know, submissions in the tank that he, he's going to go and get to. Um, so it's, to me, they're like so, they're like so even, but Kane is bigger. You know? Very true. Yeah, I think if I erased it from my mind, regardless, I think I would have picked Kane. Uh, I just think the stamina at heavyweight is unheard of. He's a little bit bigger guy. And I feel like everything else is kind of equal to me. Um, so I would just have to pick Kane. And also that just DC saying that kind of adds the cherry on the yep. top. And also I feel like DC got better later in his career anyway. Me too. So if he would have yeah. fought right after that Roy Nelson fight, I thought DC, I didn't, I was like, mm. like, you know what I mean? I was kind of lukewarm on him after the Roy Nelson no, I was, fight. I was high. I saw enough the, at that point. The wrestling was so dominant. It was just so dominant. It was just so at that point it was so dominant. You know, I, I don't I don't know if you vote if you're still if you're still like that. To me, you put any dominant wrestler in there, and as long as they're well rounded and they continue to gain skill, like they're gonna they're gonna be a big problem for years to come. So at that time, the wrestling was so dominant. Um, the shallowness of the division, the fact that Kane is always hurt, you know, uh, it just it just man, and and what we spoke about. I, we keep I keep going back to the same students. The waste of uh, talent, I think you you have said, came Velasquez man easily. Them injury because of the injuries and the inactivity and stuff. He could have had a what a career he could have had. UFC, he could have went down as the greatest UFC fighter of all time. Yeah, UFC tried to push him hard as in um I think you remember they wanted to what was it tough Mexico or or something like that because they wanted to go to Mexico and um expand and they really wanted to push him for that. And I think he had lost um. He had lost against somebody, and they weren't able to to give him that kind of that kind of push. So it was it was just crazy. Also, I heard he, I think me and you spoke about this a couple months ago. He got cut from WWE. I don't even watch that, so I don't know. But I only bring it up to because I wonder what he's doing now. I've I've haven't heard anything about him or seen from him since. I hope that he's coaching or he's doing something because Kane was great and he was fun to have around. I'll say this, and I haven't put a lot of thought into it. Yep. I think one day we'll see Kane back in a UFC fight. I never want to see that again. Last time I saw him, it was it wasn't good. He got brutalized by Ngani, right? Yeah, that was yeah. The last fight. Yeah. Um, I think Kane. I think Prime Kane would, if he had like never got none of the injuries or ever, I he I I still think he would have lost to Verdum. But I think after Redoom was removed from the picture, he would have came back. I think I think he wait, you know what? Here's the better question. Kane Velasquez in his prime or Stephen Milchitz? I'd I'd pick Kane Velasquez. And this is coming from a guy who has a great track record at picking a heavyweight. I picked Redoom to beat Kane, and I picked Stipe to beat Redoom, if you remember. Mm-hmm. So and and uh the Redoom, I, I I think we've talked about this a couple times even on the channel, but I wish we had a channel back then because my word Doom versus Cain Velasquez Spot breakdown pre-fight was on. absolutely perfect. I said, for Doom, I think he has the slightest edge in the striking, you know, a little bit better It wasn't striker. perfect. It was a yeah. mistake. Um, and I Altitude. said, I, was the only I, thing yeah. you didn't take it to account. Yeah. yeah. And I said, I think that he's going to outstrike Kane. He's going to force Kane to take the t use the takedown because that's Kane's strengths. Yep. And then he's going to get submitted. And that's to a T what went down there. Yep. So. And then I thought Stipe was going to beat Werdum because I thought Stipe has good enough wrestling to stuff the takedown, and I think Stipe had the better striking. Yep. But I think Kane Velasquez beats Stipe. If you can take prime Stipe and prime Kane, 
I, I would pick Kane just because I really think that Kane with his cardio and uh, his strength as far as, uh, you know, clinch work, I feel like he'd be able to push Stipe up against the fence and probably just win it. I would say probably win a decision. Uh, but I wouldn't be super, super confident in the okay, pick. Okay, good. Um, so don't don't say, oh, how can you say that? You know, because I do think nah, Stipe nah, nah. has you, the... I think you're defending your positions fine. You know, there's, there's I think nothing... Sti- yeah, I think Stipe has a little bit better striking. Oh, um, then no, definitely. A little bit? Come on. It's hard because yeah. I can't really remember Kane striking that much, to be honest. It's oh, you see? So long. I love the honesty. I love uh, the honesty. Yeah. So I, I think Stipe has the edge in the striking, but I don't think it would be like a... Conor McGregor, Dennis Seaver blowout. Yep. Uh, and I just think Kane would be able to use his, you know, clinch type style and just neutralize Stipe against the fence and probably take a decision because Stipe is so tough. I don't think Kane's going to finish him. We yep. only seen that one finish from uh, DC in the flash. recent years. It was flash, yeah. yeah. I, I so think Stipe, I, I'd take Kane. Who do you I pick? think Stipe would win. I think um, Kane would have problems closing the distance. And I think Stipe would light him up there. Um, Man, Stipe, Stipe is so quick on his feet. His hands are so good, and he packs so much power, man. I'm, I'm so super high on Stipe. The only thing I don't like about Stipe is he not he doesn't fight enough for my for my take. But he's so well rounded. He's so good. Um, but it's so sad when you think about it that these are the fights that as fans we were robbed of, whether it was injuries or, or we'll never be able to see um that kind of fight or anything like that happen, man. That kind of, that kind of sucks big time. Um, man, I think we should do a video on missed fights or something like that. Like oh yeah, that would be like top five yeah. fights that never happened. Exactly. Um, exactly. If anyone thinks of any fights when they're watching this podcast, let us know top yep. five fights that never happened, fights that you would have loved to see that were talked about or maybe never talked about that that never happened. I'll give you a little sneak peek, and I I've said this probably about fifty million times on the channel. And technically, this fight could still happen, but the fight I want to see more than anything, mm-hmm. more than anything, is Khabib Nurmagomedov versus Charles Oliveira. I love the style matchup of that fight, and I've been talking about that long before Khabib retired. I thought that was the matchup that would be super fun, and I still think it is. And, man, if we could get one more fight out of Khabib, I know people are talking about, oh, they want to see Khabib fight GSP, and they want to see Khabib fight this guy and that guy and rematch Connor and rematch Do- no, I need to see Khabib versus Charles Oliveira. That's the fight to make. That's that's the only fight to make. I just saw something that just like it just what happened? All right, You're scaring me. T- nah, 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 it's it's bad. Don't you tell know, me there's I, an injury. You know I don't like TJ. Don't Dillashaw. tell me someone. Okay, nah. what happened? TJ Dillashaw eventually wants to avenge loss to Cejudo. He's on the hit list. You mean the man that you cheated against? The man that had you so scared that you cheated against? Come on now. As you would always say, injectable only. Yeah, exactly. That Lance Armstrong shit? Well, he's already talking about, I didn't read it, but there's a headline that came out that says when he comes back, he wants to step right into a title shot. Yes, I, I, think saw, I saw If the too. UFC does that, I think that's a huge mistake. You cannot reward this guy for being a cheater. Uh, you know, I know he got two years suspension, but he cannot walk right into a title shot. Yeah. He has to at least fight once or twice before getting a title shot and give him nothing but killers, too. Because if he can't get through the killers, then he can't get through Peter Young. So. 
Hey, you know, look, I just saw something stupid by, about Derek Lewis. I'm not even going to repeat because just I just had to laugh, but that guy is hilarious. Um, I look for T.J. Dillashaw. I'm sure everyone can tell. My, my issue with him is, is like, like, come on, man. At this point, you've done a lot of talking. Cool, cool, cool. Come back. We know you're gonna come back and fight. Just show us what you have now. You were cheating for so long. I, I assume you were cheating for so long. You look like you were cheating for so long. You got caught once, so, and um. You know, we'll go from there after that. But we have to, we, we got to see, you know. Um, there was also something else that I wanted to, um, a couple of things that I did want to talk about. Um, Sterling has been talking about that he's going to be able to hump out Peter Yan. And I wanted you to give me your assessment on if, don't break down the fight, but give me your assessment on just the wrestling aspect of it. Do you believe that that is possible, and do you believe that he could hump him down or hump him out? Also, if he can hump him out, how many takedowns do you predict each round for however long that you think is going to go? And do you believe that he's going to be able to keep him on the ground? Because for Sterling, Sterling really seems to believe that he can um, hump him out. I think Aljamain Sterling will be able to get him down possibly maybe okay. once or twice. Uh, and throughout the whole course of the fight. Probably, yeah. I really have to do some more thinking on that. I got to watch old fights with Fair Peter enough. Yan, seeing because mm. I can't really remember off the top of my head. But Peter Yan, I, I love to do this though. Peter Yan is a guy that I said I he would have been like two years ago. He would have been the prospect because I said yep. I'm confident that Peter Yan will be champion at bantamweight. He was. Uh, so I am super high on Peter Yan. I have been for a while, even before you know he fought high level competition. Uh, I think I'm leaning picking Peter Yan as far as my pick for the fight. I'm leaning, but I'm not 100% sure yet. Aljamain Sterling has looked phenomenal as of late. Uh, but, man, I just don't think, even if he does get him down, I don't think he's going to be able to hold him there. Hey, give me your um, reasons, well. I just think Peter Yan, his cardio is great, so it's not like he's not going to drag him into the deep, you know, third, fourth, fifth round, and, like, his cardio is going to fail him. He just, you know, I, I just don't think he's going to be able to hold a guy like Peter Yan down. I think... I'm trying to think who did we see trying to take Peter Ian down before. I that's can't the think same thing I'm my... trying to think of right now. Yeah, I can't. That's why I say I got to look yeah. back at old fights. But I just don't feel like Peter Ian has ever shown that as a weakness. Um, and I just, until I see it, I can't speak it into fruition as far as he goes. I think that is the recipe to beat Peter Ian. If someone's going to beat him, I think they're going to have to either, you know, take him down and hold him down or potentially land, you know, a bomb on his chin like Cody Garbrandt could knock him out maybe. Um, which is a fight that I would love to see, Cody Garbrandt versus Peter Yan. Yep. But, man, I can't wait for UFC 259. And funny enough, probably early, maybe we'll do it this weekend or something like that, but coming out early next week will be our pre-fight predictions for UFC 259 because that's next we Saturday, not this it. upcoming Saturday. We have to do it early. Yeah, because yeah. also, I want, I, I, you know, anybody who's been watching our most recent videos, we've been putting out 4K videos. Um, I think that one probably deserves to be in 4k i also have a question for the subscribers for, for these because that's a massive card would you prefer and please if you're going to answer anything this um podcast answer this would you prefer we do a long running I maybe like ask. yeah podcast style you know the 20 30 minute pre-fight or individual videos on each fight that we're going to break down because it's it's up to you guys and how it's easily consumed by you guys. Some people, you know, they can't consume the whole 30-minute video, et cetera, et cetera. So 
let us know so this way we can better satisfy uh, the people that are viewing the content. Thank you for asking that question because we've debated that back yep. and forth and back and forth. Do we do a full video for the for all the fights on the card or do we break it down into individuals? I was thinking maybe for that card, maybe we do co-main and Peter Yan versus Sterling as one and then we stick to the main event as one video. But yep. we'll talk about it after this, and we'll figure it out while we're see getting this, this video ready. Hopefully, we get a couple of answers there. And um, thank you guys for all the you know new people that's been commenting and you know and watching and and really appreciating everything that we've uh, been doing and trying to do here. Like, like honestly, love is we feel it, we feel it. So we oh, appreciate without it. Without a doubt, yeah. without a doubt. Um, I still got more to go, so I'll. No, all right. No, I'm I'm good to go. I was all just right. saying. I was gonna say. I'm trying to find. Hold on. I'm trying to find. There's one guy that's always commenting. I wanted to shout him out. Yep. M D G A F. Thank you for always commenting and watching all our always, videos. Yep. We appreciate you, man. Uh, that's all I wanted to find out real quick. Appreciate it. What else you want to bring up? All right. So now let's talk about. This is another question I wanted to ask you because we have Anthony Pettis that's going to PFL. And I just wanted to see, is there anything that an organization like PFL can do to reel you in as a fan and to get you to tune into that content? Because I think he's he has a fight scheduled. Um, Clay Collard. Yes, Clay Collard. I'm not too interested in seeing the fight. I do not know what the rest of the card looks like. So is there anything that other organizations could do to and not just PFL but just other organizations other organizations in general could do to reel you in as a fan and get you to pay attention to their content. That's the first thing I wanted to know. Second thing I wanted to know from you, do you even know how to go about watching PFL or any of these other organizations? Because I actually saw um somebody leave a comment not on one of our videos but on one of the forums and they said maybe that maybe they're they can't be a casual fan if they was on the website I was on. Um they didn't even know how to go about watching other organizations. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I'm telling you. So I try to keep up with Bellator and yep. PFL. Um, I watched a lot of PFL back when it was World Series of Fighting. Yep. Like I watched it pretty much. I would say ninety percent of the time. I remember. Yeah, you was high. Um, yeah, because I was always high on Justin Gaethje yep. long before he even was talked about in the UFC. I was high on Marlon Moraes, um long before he ever came to the UFC. But I do understand, man, it's super hard to figure out where it's airing, what time, yep. you know. Like, the UFC has an easy schedule online. But as far as Bellator goes, sometimes it's hard to figure out the time and where to watch because they're constantly switching around from here to there to here to there, you know. Now we're on Showtime. Now we're on, you know, Paramount TV. We were on Spike. Now we're on MSNBC. It's constantly switching back and forth between different things. But Bellator has recently done a great job with that light heavyweight tournament. Uh, just to name one of the fights, Joel Romero versus Anthony Rumble Johnson, which is a fight we made a video on the second Joel Romero signed or Anthony Rumble signed with the Bellator. And I am so happy they're making that fight because a lot of organizations would try to space them out in the tournament where uh, potentially they basically they were setting them up as the finals. You know what I'm saying? They would put them on opposite ends of the bracket and then hope they would meet in the middle, and it doesn't always work out like that. So they made the fight while the fight was people wanted to fight, and the fight's hot, and that way we don't have to worry about potentially losing it, and we get to see who the best man is, and I can't wait for that. As far as PFL goes, it's hard for them because they are more of a feeder league to yep. the UFC. They allow guys to go and sign with the UFC. Um, and as far as Anthony Pettis versus 
Clay Collard, I really have no interest in. I might <laughs> check it out if I'm bored, you know, and I can find it. But Anthony Pettis. Do you know been, how to go about finding it? <sighs> Google, maybe. <laughs> Google, maybe. I think I think they're on CBS Sportsnet, but I'm not sure. Um, could be totally wrong. Is there anything you, PFL could do to get you to watch it? Um, it all comes down to one thing: accessibility. I would consume the MMA as I'm sure if you were you would if it was accessible. There's times where we have free time and we could be eating um, eating something and we just want to throw on something, not a TV show, just watch a fight. You know, my question is is that with these um. With these organizations, maybe it's too expensive. Nah, I can't. I, I'm not sure on how the economics of it handled, but I would love for there to be a streaming app that would contain all of these these leagues, kind of like how it Dazzin has that type of stuff. And you would go, even if I had to pay a monthly flat now, nothing egregious. Like yeah, ESPN like 10 bucks. Yeah. But, and, and you and can, under. And you could get now for me. I'm I'm good at that seven ninety nine. You know, right there. That's that's a fine price point for me. But yeah, so you could you could get that right there. And you could get the content of um of all Damn. those leagues. And if they, if they charge ten dollars, we gonna have to start up a Patreon for you. That's exact. That's a hundred percent true. And on top of that, not only can you get the league, but you can go back and replay fights that you weren't able to see. Like, to me, I think that the UFC is losing an opportunity. The fact that you don't have, um, what is it, uh, Fight Pass bundled in with the ESPN Plus because they, that would do a lot in terms of value for the customer. And with these other organizations, if they did something like that, then why not watch it? You know, there's some guys, even even just think about the haters. There's some guys that are gonna just want to tune in to see Anthony Pettis lose, and they'll be like, "Oh yeah, he wasn't UFC uh, quality or something like that," you know. So you have people that try to tune in just for that. But when you have to ask somebody like, "How do I get this? Where do I go to find this?" Those are the problems because now there's an obstacle. How do you go about finding some of these stuff? You they're not even advertised really well. It's very hard. Yeah, and they and let's be real, they don't even have. If you're not looking for that. You can't find... They don't have commercials. If you're not actively seeking it out, you can't find it. So, it's problematic. Um, and and I think that those leagues have, do have a lot to offer. It's just that a lot of fans don't have the opportunity to get to see the, what they have to offer. The accessibility is yeah. a massive problem. I feel like... Uh, I guess they're trying to find what works for them, but Bellator's constantly yep. jumping around. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Showtime, Dazzin, Spike, Yeah, Paramount, constantly. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, all these different places to watch. It's confusing as anything, man. It's hard, even for a hardcore fan. And especially when you're trying to keep up with multiple organizations, multiple sports in general. It's really hard to remember, okay, this is on at this time. You know, that's why I love how the UFC for the most part has been keep keeps it consistent as far as least the pay-per-views mm-hmm. 10 PM main card always uh, m- more recently since they moved over to ESPN, they've been starting the cards at a better time. I think, can you actually look it up? What time does this weekend's main card start? I actually believe it's 8 PM this weekend and it was 8 PM last weekend for Derek Lewis versus Curtis blades, which I absolutely love. I hate when they used to start cards they used to do six fight main cards and start them at like ten or eleven on Fox Sports One, which used to drive oh. me nuts. And it, it was like way too late. Did you find it? Yeah, I found it, but it, it says seven PM CST. 
So let me see what time that is. Let me take a look. It's 8 p.m. Eastern. Okay, great. I just found it, so don't worry about it. Sweet, um, so sweet, 8 p.m. Eastern for the for the main card of Cyril Gain versus uh, Jarzino Rosenstrike. Couldn't be a better time as far as, you know, at least for us on the East Coast. I don't know about other people, you know, living on the West Coast or in other countries. But I know, you know, I know that UK fans have a terrible time. I think 10, yeah. 10 p.m. here for pay-per-views is like 5 a.m. there. So Oh, that got to be. You, yo, that has to be. Man, that's got to be hard. When they did Bisbang versus, yeah. I think it was Dan Henderson when he defended the belt against Dan Henderson. They did that in the UK, but they kept the pay-per-view on US time. So you actually went to the arena at like 4 or 5 a.m., which was crazy, and they still sold it out. And the reason they do that, for anybody who doesn't understand why they do that, the UFC's main revenue source from the pay-per-views is obviously from the pay-per-view buys. Now it's a little bit different because ESPN pays for it, but at the same time, um, you know, it it is... Uh, at the same time, it's still kind of the same thing. They want to sell as many pay-per-views as possible. And so their main market is the United States to sell pay-per-views. So they rather have a weird live time at, at the you know at the arena and have a great time as far as, you know, on the pay-per-view to purchase it, you know, so they have as many people as possible buying the pay-per-view versus that's way more money than the live gate they get from it. You know, even for huge pay-per-views, the live gate still only a couple million versus all the money they could potentially make from a high selling pay per view. Okay. What are you looking at? No, because I was just reading something. There's some comments. There's, you know, because look, there's some comments that things happen. So I just wanted to make sure that you know I, I had it down to the T before I brought it up. Oh man! All right, so let me let me get back on. Um. Kamara Usman, he he came out with some comments recently. First and foremost, before I even get to that, Joe Rogan said that Usman may be the best welterweight of all time. I know you've been a GSP guy your whole your whole um like life basically. Do you agree with that? That Usman is uh, best. With- if he if the question is what Joe Rogan said, he may be. I think it's maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, we still have to see more consistent dominance to prove it, but. If he can go through and win another three fights against the top guys, you consider him the best. Three more wins. I would probably, probably would. So let me. I have to really dissect it, but I, okay. I think so, especially against the quality of competition. You know, yep. let's say he goes out and beats Colby again. He beats, uh, you know, Leon Edwards and maybe another Masvidal fight, which I'm not too excited for at all. Uh, if that does happen, that'd be that'd be pretty close to a very you know goat worthy resume. Um, also, he said that he would never go up, move up to fight Israel Alessandro. But if Alessandro said that he's giving up the 185-pound belt, then he would move up and he would fight there. What are your thoughts on that? What? Well, let me ask you this. So, what's the re- the reason he doesn't want to fight Alessandro? They're friends? Or... I believe so, yeah. Because I remember seeing something. He was yeah. saying um, he'd rather – I did remember reading this. He'd rather have two African <laughs> champions – than one African with two championship belts. So I think it's a friendship, but also he kind of, you know, they cause, because yeah, they're because the Yeah, but I do think they're good friends. I've, I've seen them, like, similar place some of the times, you know, okay. talking and associating with each other. Who knows the extent of it? Maybe it's just that that he feels, but Let me I've ask you this. seen them how hanging out before. 
Mm-hmm. What would be your level of interest in an Usman versus Adesanya fight? It'd be big. I, I think I'd be super excited for that. That's the exact that, that's the exact match that we wanted to see, like have Alessandra face a guy that, as you said, relentlessly hump. Gun to your head, who you pick? Alessandra. Same, I pick Alessandra too. Um, I really think that's actually a missed opportunity because that would be a huge fight, it would. man. It would. And I, I feel like I feel like a lot of these huge fights sometimes are never talked about. Khabib versus Usman was never mentioned by anyone. Would have been a massive fight. Usman versus Adesanya. But as far as let's go, let's say Adesanya is gone out of the middleweight division. Yep. Um, where do I see? Do I think? What was the question? Do you think? Do you think Usman can compete there at middleweight? Yeah. Basically. I think he can, but I think he's going to have a really tough time. Who do, you, who do you think beats him? Yeah. Um, let me go through here real quick. Ah, man, that's tough. Tough. Top tough. of my head, I think Usman beats a Whitaker. I think Whitaker, Whitaker is just selling himself. Um, I think Usman can have some success there. Um, I have to. I gotta see what Paulo Costa looks moving forward because you know just just the devastating way that he lost, and the fact that I never was high on him and, and the names on his resume. I want to give him some more time before you know you just kick a man while he's down. Um, Darren Till wouldn't be able to stop the takedown. I don't think that he would be able to stop the takedowns. Um. So for me. And this is I, I reserve the right to change that mind if yep. it ever comes to fruition. But just off the top of my head, yep. I think he loses to Whitaker. I think yeah. he loses to Costa. Give me the Whitaker I, reasons why. I just don't think just the just the, just the size difference. I think Whitaker's a little going to be a little bit bigger than him. I know Whitaker's a former welterweight himself. Yeah. Uh, I think the striking is on another level. The speed is on another level. Uh, and I just so I just don't see Usman being able to grapple him. So. I just think that it's going to be contested on the feet, and I think Whitaker's going to outstrike him. Costa, I don't see him taking Costa down. Costa's huge. Costa might as well be a light heavyweight. Granted, you have the X factor of the, you know, he just lost in a brutal fashion, so we got to see how he returns. Yep. But just the size alone and the striking, man. Still never Costa. been high on the resume. The resume, the weapons that he has against this thing just, just wasn't enough. So for me, I got to leave the question mark on Costa right now still. And then you have Jarrett Cannonier. I believe the same thing. I just believe he'll be able to stuff the takedown and outstrike him. Possible. But Darren Till, I think he beats Marvin Vittori, actually, I think would beat Usman. I know that sounds crazy, and I still need to see more from Marvin Vittori. But just off the top of my head, again, I may change my mind if any of these fights ever come to fruition. I think Marvin Vittori probably beats Mm -hmm. him. Jack Hermanson, I don't know, probably not. Probably loses Jack Hermanson. Jack Hermanson probably loses. Yeah. Uh, Derek Brunson probably loses. Kelvin Gastelum probably loses. Gastelum would be one. Would be one that he'd be because the size too. You know, some of these guys that you mentioned really big to me. I think I think Whitaker, and I I think you've always been higher on Whitaker than I have. But Whitaker's chin, man, is 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 not is not where it used to be, man. I, I think, and and that's bad when you're predominantly a striker and you're um. Your chin just is, is not there. He seems to be getting hurt constantly in every fight now. And um, I think his ability to take damage has been compromised. To what degree? I don't know. But it's I, I think it's definitely been um, compromised. Yeah. In fact, what's what's going on with, um, with Whitaker? 
He's fighting Paul Acosta, yeah, Acosta. in April. Okay, in April. So that's the okay. For whatever reason, yeah. I thought that fight was called off or postponed. Or no, they choice. tried to move it a week earlier, yeah, but Costa said no for whatever reason. Why did they um, want to move it a week earlier? I don't remember actually seeing that information of why they wanted to. Weird. Um, but very weird. But you got anything else? Or are you ready to end this podcast? One last thing. It's um some drama, not anything. Not anything real. Well, two two last things. Um, Ryan Caraway was recently charged with a forgery, theft, and uh, insurance insurance fraud. Some uh, some ATV he stole from Misha Tate. Um, I just want to let all the young men know out there, you know, that are like ourselves, these situations that are here. It's so sad that when you see later on years down the road, where these guys get themselves into the situation that they got themselves into. Um, he's Brian Caraway, for not the biggest name fighter. There was always a way for him to have made money, you know, obviously with feelings and love being involved. Um, you know, he went out and he did whatever he was doing and it's super unfortunate, but I'm starting to see now, and maybe it's because MMA is more in the mainstream it seems like there's no week where there's not a former fighter or a current fighter where they're just doing something knucklehead and just getting arrested and stuff. There's a former guy. Um, I don't even want. I, I think it's Travis Fulton. This is off the top of my head. I may be wrong. Travis Fulton. No, I, know, he I think fought I've seen 320 that. times or something like that. Child pornography and et cetera, et cetera, that they arrested him for and stuff like this. So it's just, you know. When you look, and as, as the sport gets more mainstream, you'll see more and more bad apples just pop up. And uh, it's because of the nature of the, the sport, you would hope that some of these guys, the next generations of talents, that if they do have any sort of mental issues or problems, they get filtered out. Because a lot of people look at this, um, and the, the reason I even bring up that Travis guy, the monster that he is, is because I saw some people try to go in the comment section and say that, um, you know, maybe it's because of CTE. No, I think this is just has to be the nature of, you know, the kind of people you're dealing with. And, you know, 320 fights is a lot of fights, but the kind of people you're dealing with in the sport, especially around at the time, you know, and that's just, it was just a bad combination of uh, different factors. But with Brian Caraway, with CTE, Mike Perry, with BJ Penn, with Mayhem Miller, with Conor McGregor, you know, the names that just go on and on and on and on of um, guys that we're seeing, you know, they're getting in trouble. And you would hope that the brakes just pump on that, man. You really hope that. Also, somebody got, um to, to even bring that up, to, make, to stretch that into something else. If you know mixed martial arts and you're watching this, Man, if you gotta get it, if you get into physical confrontation, chill out, bro. Disarm the person, do whatever you gotta do, but but pump the brakes. Cause you see the MMA guy, that, the guy that was trained in MMA that beat up that college football guy, and the guy almost lost his eye. Um, yeah, that that right there was really bad. It was really it was really bad look because people we don't want regulation, man. And I'm telling you, the, the more these incidents happen. People are going to look at it and say, we're going to have to do something about this sport. Sounds crazy, 
It's like a snowball. Just got an avalanche. You know, you just got to just roll it down the hill and it'll start catching fire. Because that video was really bad and it picked up a lot of steam. A lot of attention. Yeah. As far as Brian Caraway, you said yep. some type of fraud and also theft. Yeah, forgery. He forged a signature sounds, saying. To me, it sounds like he's taken uh, to hanging out with Chael Sonnen. I know he has some of that <laughs> yeah. in his past. Fraud Definitely. and forgery. Yep. Uh, yep. But. Man, I it's always funny because no matter what where these guys have been since or where yeah. they've been at, it's always former UFC fighters. That's always it doesn't matter if they were Yeah. It doesn't matter if they fought for the PFL and Bellator for twenty years after former they UFC. UFC. It's always former UFC fighter. And it just kind of brings a bad look when some of these things happen. Have you thought about Caraway? I haven't really thought too much about him. Yo, when um, I saw the name, I thought to myself, the first thing I said, like, damn, I haven't thought about you for a long, long time. Yeah, does he even fight still? I haven't even <laughs> I seen him I in know. a while. So. I mean, if he's still in the ATV, I mean, he must need money or something. Bad yep. situation for him. Well, anyway, if you watch this video all the way to the end, comment down below and say, Katie, get on the podcast. Yep. Once you're on the podcast, we need to harass her. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's that going forward. That's what we need. Consistent harassment of Katie. We got to drag her on the podcast. And also let her know it's okay if it's only audio only she wants to jump in here. You know, it's, but she got to she gotta be at least on this podcast a couple times. You know? Yeah, at least, points, at least. Yeah, and look, she's very intelligent. She's a very educated fan. Um, she, she would be great. She'd yeah. probably be better than both of us. <laughs> Well, she beat us in championship title fight picks for the last yeah. two years in a row. So that's, that's true. She must know something we don't. Yeah, so. Um, also, like this podcast. Like the video. Uh, if you're watching on audio version, thank you for listening to us. Uh, share it with your friends. Don't forget to subscribe if you aren't already. And we'll see you next week.